Yeah, awesome. Let's get this started. Hello to everyone listening in. This is the Do Jiu-Jitsu podcast where we talk to great individuals from all sorts of backgrounds that have one thing in common, and that is that they do jiu-jitsu. My name is Jay, and I'm your host. And today we have podcast number seven. We have Professor Fabio Gigantino Viela. He is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, head coach of Gracie Baja Cedar Park, and dedicates his time to train kids and adults to become their best selves mentally and physically. So we're about to have a really fun podcast. Thanks for coming in, Professor Fabio. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me here. Hello, everyone. Awesome. So, Professor, uh, you have a very interesting story. So uh, tell, tell us about your Brazilian jiu-jitsu story. How did you, um, all, all the way here? Oh, man, if I tell all this story, you guys going to find out my age. You know, that's why I cut my hair so short. So the gray hair doesn't show. So basically, man, like um, I start to like with the influence of my old brother. So he's the giant. I'm the little giant. You know, that's the, uh-huh. the translation. So with his influence, I I believe I start to do jujitsu around like uh, eight, nine years old. But mm. with him, just play around, having fun. You know, as like a, a old brother being a little bully with the little brother, mm. right? You know, and taught me a few things here and there. With around like 11, 12 years old, that's when I started to take serious. Mm-hmm. I had a really good friend from school, used to be training, and I started to train with him. So my brother, he's training at nighttime, and I train in the evening, you know, like a little bit earlier. So my class was at uh, 5 p.m., and his mm-hmm. class starts at seven or eight, something like that. But I always like stay there and hanging out. And I became the little mascot from the from the from the gym, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. some some of the guys like like to do the warm up with me. I was like a hyper kid, walk around and run around, you know, and everything. So his friends became like my really good friends, kind of godfather, you know, for me too. And always look to me and uh, help me out with like my my jujitsu game. You know, I was uh, I was very skinny. Uh, I was like uh, 150 pounds, like uh, mm-hmm. six foot tall. You know, something like that. And How old are you at this point? I was like around 14, 13 on that time. <laughs> yeah, with like 15 years old, I was already six seven, but uh-huh. I had like a uh, 170. You know, it was like just mm-hmm. bones and skin, you know, no muscles. So then like uh, I start to like help them to warm up, you know, like uh, uh, be their dummy. And once in a mm-hmm. while, they share some techniques with me here and there. This was back in the day when we used to believe in Brasilia. That's the capital of Brazil, you know. Mm. And uh, I born and raised in Rio. So with uh, 10 years old, I moved to Brasilia with my brother and my mom. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to train in jiu-jitsu. With uh, 16, 17 years old, I moved back to Rio. That's when I have a, a closer connection with uh, Master Carlos and uh, Professor Marcio mm-hmm. Tidosa, you know. Uh, then I started training over there with them. My, uh, my brother, he did uh, like all the competition class, like just for brown belt and black belt and up. I was a uh, blue belt on that time. And when I got my uh, my brown belt, I moved to U.S. back mm-hmm. in 2004. 
uh, I I had a chance to train with like some of the 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 legends like uh, uh, from Gracie Barra, black belts under Master Carlos Gracie Jr. And mm. in 2005, Master uh, Professor Marcio Feitosa moved to US, and I believe 2006, uh, Master Carlos moved to US. So I had a chance to to train with them since the the beginning of the Gracie Barra United States. You know, mm-hmm. directly from him. I see. I see. Yeah. So you've been training for uh, for a long while now, and you trained with uh, Master, Master Carlos Gracie. That's a pipe dream for uh, for most people. Not many people are able to uh, get to that point. When did you uh, When did you start the school? So I had my school back in California. I believe two thousand seven. I mm-hmm. opened uh, my school in California. With I used to be teaching a Gracie Barra Santa Ana. I taught on a Gracie Barra headquarters. I mm-hmm. taught on a Gracie Barra Cerritos. Then in 2010, I moved to to Cedar Park, and I opened up the Gracie Barra Cedar Park here. Like since have been here since the day one. I see. So jujitsu has been a prominent thing in your life for like pretty much for all of your life, right? And uh, becoming. Uh, professor of jujitsu, um, it's it's almost that's almost like your destiny. Did you ever think uh, along your way that you were gonna do anything else, like uh, any other profession? Yes, because man, like uh, uh, in Brazil, we had that kind of mis misconception, you know, like uh, uh, jujitsu never gonna make money with you, jujitsu never gonna make a living with you, jujitsu in Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. And my mom, she's like always support me with jujitsu. But school always first, you know, mm-hmm. she was always hard on the school with me. So she's, uh, um, I, I went to a, like almost everyone in Brazil goes to a private school. The, the public school over there is really bad. Then mm-hmm. I did my private school. I did, uh, I did my, my college. So I did a uh, computer science first. I did mm-hmm. computer science for two years just because she can find a job for me mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, and get that good money, you know? So she told me on the day one, as soon as you get your degree, you're going to have this much of money on your bank account, you know, mm-hmm. like it will be great. You cannot throw the opportunity out of the window, you know? And I just like, okay, mom, I'll, I'll do it. And uh, after two years, I just like, man, all my nightmare on a high school, is, is oh. on this class, you know, all my life, <laughs> you know, I just like, mom, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't. Then she's like, okay, she always support me. She's like, she's the best mom ever. She always mm-hmm. support me. She's like, okay, if you're not going to do that, what are you going to do? I just like, man, you know, mom, I, I really like to be on the gym. I really like to train and work out. Like every time I go to the, to the beach, I jogging on the sand, you know, I swimming, I surfing. I stand up paddle, you know, like, uh, I like sports. I'm going to do physical education. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, do physical education, but you need to be the best one. Mm-hmm. To make the money uh, you're going to make with computer science being average. She's like, yeah, mom, I know that. But if I do something I love to do, the money will come for sure. You know, yeah. she's like, I support you. No problem. Then I did my, I did my college, my university. And I was about to finish. So in Brazil, you have to do a final project. You know, my uh-huh. final project was ready. I got um, 80% scholarship over there because uh, uh, whenever your grades up, you, you can become um, uh, 
how be in English. So like you can you can help people for the semester before yours. Yeah. You know? So my grades was straight A's in example anatomy. Then I can get a discount on a, on a, on the school to help people out. You know, then uh-huh. I can stay a little longer. So kind of is it's a job, but just to get a discount for the for the university. You know, then uh, I almost finished. I met uh-huh. I met my wife, so she was my girlfriend on that time, and I talked to her just like, "Hey, I'm about to finish my my degree, but I need to learn English." You know, because mm. the master degree I want to do it, it's uh, training uh, pro athletes. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Uh, I see. physical conditioning coach for pro athletes. And the best one, it's in U.S. and uh, U.S., Russia, and Cuba. And I just find out, like, Cuba, I, I cannot live in Cuba. Russian, mm-hmm. I'm going to learn Russian, you know, like, it will be really hard. <laughs> so we decided to come to U.S. Um, just to learn English, just to spend six months and come back, you know. So in six months here, my life changed like black to white mm. or wine to water, like changed the mm. whole thing. Then I start to teach jiu-jitsu. I found sponsors, you know, sponsors in Brazil is like something really, really rare. So mm. I got some sponsors. I start to travel to compete. I compete a lot. So I started to, to do like what I was passionate about it, you know, mm-hmm. And uh, the most amazing was like having people support me and pay for me to go to Europe, to compete over there, to go to Japan, you know, uh-huh. so really, really awesome. And I just focused on being a competitor, you know, I just yeah. wanted training. I didn't want to teach too much, you know, and uh, I work like on, a, on a nightclubs as a bouncer to get some <laughs> going to compensate. Yeah. You know, I can train in hard Monday through Thursday. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, I had a chance to work in a nightclub and make like a good money to pay my bills. And mm-hmm. I lived like that for like uh, five years until I decided to, to teach a class. So like Master Carlos was the one, he's uh, invited me to have a lunch. And he asked me, he's like, buddy, what are you doing? Just like, mm-hmm. man, I just want to training, you know, like I'm working on a nightclubs, you know, paying my bills and I train. Uh-huh. He's like, man, you work in a nightclubs. Why don't teach you jujitsu? Oh, master, because I want to training, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be a good instructor, you know, like as a young kid, a lot of doubts, you know, and he's like, look, I, I remember this, like, as was yesterday, how long you have been doing jujitsu? Oh, I don't know, master, like uh, 15, 20 years. I don't uh-huh. know. He's like, yeah, someone has been studying any profession for 15 years is already going to be rich. Mm-hmm. And you're throwing that on the trash. I'm like, no, mm. master, throw anything on the trash. He's like, why you don't start teach? Mm-hmm. Maybe have your own school one day, you know, and this and that. And he's the one through the seed, as he always do with a lot of a lot of us, you know. Uh, uh, he's like an amazing guy, you know. I wish I yeah. closer to him as I was before, you know, so I can see him like every day or at least every week. Uh-huh. But it's uh, then he threw the seed on my mind and I, I start to think about it. Then I had my school in California. 
And after a competition, uh, Professor Marcio and Master Carlos came and talked to me. And they're like, hey, look, California is already like too busy here. We mm -hmm. need to open schools in all the states. Like pick a state and go like run a Gracie Barri school over there. You know, and, and here I am. Wow. So you worked, uh, you worked at nightclubs uh, just so that you can uh, pay the bills and also so that uh, you can uh, keep on training uh, as heavily as you can. Uh, but at that point, you were, you were already a black belt, right? Like you already uh, were competing already professionally. Belt, yes. Yeah, yeah, you're competing all over the world uh, and you got sponsorships uh, from uh, uh, different places. And yeah, so in Brazil, it's, uh, it's not common to get sponsorships, right? It was hard was really Sorry. hard because the government doesn't doesn't help the business you know like uh -huh. in the US whenever you help someone you can write off on the tax uh-huh over uh -huh. there no over there you don't write off anything you just you just do for the heart i see so in that 6 month period hey everything shifted like uh you were able to like just li really live your uh passion now in uh in the US and um uh, Yeah, you probably made a lot of money in the nightclubs because uh, you're like, you know, such a big guy. So like you're the perfect bodyguard. Um, but yeah, at that point, uh, when um, when Master Carlos Grace, uh, Gracie was uh, telling you about uh, becoming a uh, instructor, uh, what was the what was the reason that you thought you couldn't become a really good uh, in instructor, good teacher? I didn't know that, you know, mm. so like uh, uh, was very interesting. So the story was like... Uh, uh very funny story so master carlos look at to me and say man like choose a state and go there to mm -hmm. open up the first greasy bar on that state okay i believe on that time we had 25 states uh we had greasy bar and the rest we didn't have it then i choose colorado you know just mm -hmm. for the numbers you know i never been in colorado I, i went to colorado last year but on that time i never have been there You know, then uh, I just like for the numbers, population, household income, you know, and everything. Then I decide to uh, go there, you know, and I talk to my wife. Hey, like, I'm uh, going to talk to Master Carlos about to move, you know, like, so what do you think? She's like, if you're going to be better for us, let's move. Okay. Mm -hmm. so I talk to him and I say, Master, I choose Colorado. He's like, okay, perfect. Go there. Go to Colorado then and open up the first school over there. Fine, perfect. Then I back home. I talk to mm. my wife. Hey, we're gonna go to Colorado. She's like, what I have over there? It's near the beach. Because she's from an island in Brazil. You know, she's from <laughs> And I just like, no, sweetie, it's no ocean over there, but <laughs> beautiful, beautiful mountains, mm. beautiful waterfalls, you know. Oh, let me see the pictures. And I remember I saw the pictures, you know, like I have a picture for the summer, picture for the fall. And the third picture was the guy shoveled snow out of the front door. <laughs> yeah. She looked at, she's like, nope, I'm not going to go there. Like, oh my gosh, man. Okay. Go back to have a meeting with Master Carlos. Mm -hmm. Hey, Master, you know, like, he's like, okay, so done deal. You're going to go for to Colorado, right? Yes, sir. I'm going to go to Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> I just like man it would be easy to do with my wife and do with my master you know I know uh -huh. him longer and uh, he's like no because you're a professor he's gonna go to Texas do you want to go to Texas with him yes sir uh -huh. 
whoa, what? <laughs> you don't need to talk to your wife? No, 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 no. She, she will agree with me. Texas, here I go, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and I came over here with Professor Marcio. But it was interesting because I talked to him. I said, like, uh, Master, do you think I'm ready to be, like, to open up a school by myself? He's like, if you think you're not ready, you're not ready. Because I think you're ready and I have your age as experience. So if you hmm. think you're not ready, I'm going to give the opportunity to someone else. If you think I'm ready, I'm ready, Master. <laughs> He's just go, go, go at it. Eh? He's just, uh, yeah, do it or not do it. Like he has full confidence in you. He's just, yeah. you know, like he broke, it seems like he broke a lot of your beliefs within yourself and really pushed you to be the best, eh? Yeah, I, I believe it's the insecurity for being young, you know, like uh -huh. so uh, uh, him and uh, like uh, uh, Professor Marshall at that time, they trust me, on me more than anybody else, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I never had been run a business before, you know, mm -hmm. and the way they did with all the trust they had, they, they trust the greasy Baja name on me, you know, like, so mm -hmm. Hey, I seen a lot of people nowadays throwing the, the, the jujitsu in general, you know, like, uh, uh, not only greasy Baja, but the jujitsu name on the trash, mm -hmm. you know? like with a bad reputation, you know, like some uh, crazy online videos, you know, like and everything. So for me, it's very important, you know, the, the name I, I care with me, you know, like uh, I care so much, you know, it's a, uh, it's very honorable for me be able to, to represent Grisi Barra, mm -hmm. you know, um, like when I wear these way here, it's like I, I wear with proud pride you know like aware with like a lot of honor for the ones make the story before me way before me mm. you know so like yeah i don't know like let's pick a name but i'll probably gonna be the the seventh the eighth generation of black belt on america colors mm. i got my black belt under his hands you know so like uh, i seen some people doesn't doesn't honor their master mm. the way they should you know, mm -hmm. or respecting the flag and the, the, the environment the way they should. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see. And I I see now uh, why uh, Professor uh, <laughs> Master Carlos Gracie was uh, pushing you because he probably saw that, you know, you really respected and you were you had that passion and uh, he knew that you weren't going to, you know, you weren't going to let him down and you were just going to go all the way. So, wow, that's a <laughs> that's a funny story. A good thing you uh, were able to go to uh, Texas, not uh, Colorado, so you didn't have to have that conversation with your wife. Sure, no, no doubt, <laughs> for sure, for sure. You know, even the Texas, the, the beach in the Texas is not like a Caribbean beaches, you know, but it's like she, she's enjoying, you know, she has a good yeah. time here, you know, I, I can't complain. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So um, you're obviously like, are how tall are you now? Like six, six, eight, six, six, seven. You're, so you've been six, seven since you said you were 16 years old? Yes, 15, 15, 16, something like that. Wow. So you've been like very, very tall uh, all your life. Uh, tell me about like the um, advantages and disadvantages of being, uh, you know, so tall. Like in jujitsu. So, uh, um, okay. So let's go with uh, jujitsu as a, as a uh, sport, like a fighting mm -hmm. athlete career, right? Um, you need to know how to use you know, I had to learn how to use it. Like I was, I was too tall. So the doctor explained to my mom, 
you know, like, so I grew up like super fast, like it was mm. very, very fast. And always I fall, always I fall off. I break things, you know, I so discoordinated because mm. for my brain, my body goes all the way here, mm-hmm. but my body actually comes here, you know, mm. so I hit my head everywhere, you know, like that kind of stuff. And I need to develop uh, like a coordination for jujitsu and to make the jujitsu works for me, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Wasn't easy on that time, but I always had a big heart. I never give Mm -hmm. up, you know. Uh, You want to see me like doing something, give me a challenge. You know, tell me I'm Mm -hmm. not capable to, you know. Mm -hmm. I will do it. I will show you I'm capable and uh, I'll beat you like uh, every single negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. So on the beginning was like a a little hard, like as a coordination aspect, like to being tall, but my personality, like my heart didn't let me Mm -hmm. quit, you know, and I was enjoy, you know, to be honest with you, Jay was, was natural. So like, um, I have like examples with my old brother because he's he was my old brother he was the biggest bully i had on my life (laughs) yeah so he taught me a technique if i didn't get on the first time he's not going to show me again so i had Mm. to make it happen you know i i had to force myself to to do it you know and like back in the day we didn't have a cell phone with like a a a really good cameras to record a technique Mm. You have to watch it, remember, and replicate, you mm-hmm. know. So was like, a, but right now I believe uh, that's that's what I tell my students, you know, like I, I had a chance to train with Master Carlos. He's tall guy too. I had a chance to train with uh, Roger Gracie, Lucio Lagarto, Braulio Stima. So all of them, they are tall guys too, mm-hmm. you know. And I got a little bit here, a little bit there, you know, not, not sharp as them. So we're talking about the best of the best. We're talking about legends, you know, mm-hmm. but I was lucky to, to have a chance to train with the top people too and absorb a little bit of their game, you know. And on the aspect of uh, uh, being an instructor was like a, a funny challenge because the first time uh, the kids was afraid of me. So, all <laughs> guy, loud voice, weird accent, you know, so they're afraid. The first experience I have, like, teaching kids, half of the classes start crying, you know. <laughs> like, man, what the hell am I going to do it? So, I had to learn uh-huh. how to be a gentle giant, you know. Mm-hmm. So, be on my knees, make funny voices, you know, play with them a little bit. You know, like, hey, when I touch the ceiling, you can touch the ceiling, climb on my shoulder, like then. Uh-huh. You know, so a few games like that, few uh, jokes like that, you know, and to break it up the ice on the first time, you know. Mm-hmm. And with like those tools, I became one of the the the, the best kid instructors, you know. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I see. Wow. So you said that you were strong-minded ever since the beginning and jujitsu just came naturally to you. Uh, where did that strong mind and like, you know, big heart come from? Was it from your upbringing or was that more molded throughout your jujitsu uh, journey? Like how did uh, jujitsu affect, uh, you know, or how, how did jujitsu, uh, yeah, uh, affect your, you know, like mindset and how did that translate into your life? 
So I believe, um, so jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu is very complete uh, sport, right? So you work as a, uh, on the muscles as your bodybuilder and you work on the muscles as you are like a triathlete, mm -hmm. you know? So you need to have a strong mindset, you know, uh, the coordination you need to develop with your jiu-jitsu change every single day. Every single day, someone comes with a new technique, you know. And one thing, uh, Jay, I, I believe our, our life story in general, you know, uh, nowadays with like a 40 years old, I can, I can see the psychological side of uh, mm. uh, people reaction. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I believe life is like that, you know, like, so that's, that's a perfect thing, you know, like easy times make weak man, strong mm -hmm. times, tough times make stronger man. Right. And I really believe on that, you know, I really yeah. do. So, uh, my story starts all the way from the beginning. My mom, uh, like her water broke with a five months pregnancy. Okay. So she went to see two doctors, three doctors. Two doctors uh -huh. say I was already dead. And one doctor say, if I born, I'll born with uh, some brain damage. So it's better to do the abortion. Okay. Uh -huh. So my uncle was uh, on the medical school. He took the, the case to the teachers, to the professors there. And they went to my house to study like the pregnancy, study myself, my mom. You know, and they found like the medications and everything. So like I born, you know, with like a perfect condition, just mm -hmm. like very premature. My mom like make a joke nowadays and say like I was the size of my foot. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, uh, she doesn't have any picture. Like before two years old, she doesn't have any picture, any video, nothing. Because she didn't know if I'm going to if I'm going to be healthy enough. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, then, like when I moved to United States, uh, like with I, I came over here without a support. You know, uh -huh. I came over here just to learn English, and a lot of lot of things. You know, it, I I cannot call bad things. You know, it's challenges, but it's a challenge. Like we think, like oh my gosh, why I need that? You know, so like if I back home, I have everything ready. Why I gonna be here? Why I gonna be that, that hard on myself? You know, mm. and I make it happen. You know, I make it happen. So every every day was a big challenge in the beginning. I didn't have a friends. I didn't have family. I didn't have like good jobs. You know, my first job here was a volley parking. The guy didn't want to give me the job because I was too tall. Uh -huh. you know? Then he threw me inside of a, a Porsche to drive. And I drove with my knees all the way up on my ears. You know, <laughs> I, was broke. I drove. Okay. And, uh, but I believe the, the, the challenges we have in our life make mm. ourselves uh, stronger, make ourselves Definitely. be more commitment with our goals, our uh, um, uh, dreams. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you talk about the, um, psychology now that you are able to uh take a look at a person and like see you know like how they are how they're thinking uh 
like 90% of white, you know, of new jujitsu practitioners, 90% of white, uh, of white belts quit uh, in the first month of doing jujitsu. And, you know, and, but some of those white belts become, uh, you know, become blue belts, become purple belts. What have you seen uh, is the difference with the psychology, psychology of the ones that make it versus the ones that don't make it? Uh, challenge. Mm. is the challenge. Okay. So um, some people never work out before, never did any sport. Okay. They get sore. They, conf they, they confuse themselves sore with injured. Mm. I do jujitsu for like 30 years. I never had injured. Mm -hmm. So I never had to do a surgery. I never mm -hmm. broke my arm. I never dislocated my knee, nothing. Okay. So of course, accidents happen. Accidents can happen in a parking lot. You can walk to your car and you can dislocate your foot, you know? So the, the, I believe like it's uh, on the sports example. What sometimes uh, uh, they do on the sports or any sports, okay? They have a participation medal, okay? Mm. You got a prize to participate. What the message you give to the kid when you give a prize to them just to show up? Do you think if you just show up on your work and you cross your arms and you don't produce, you're going to get a raise? No. Not. Yeah. No. Okay, so we need to be tough on our kids, on this new generation, okay? Because uh, uh, every generation, the parents make a mistake to try to make it easier for them, okay? And they forget, like, of course, it's not because for me, Jay, I, I struggled in the beginning, was hard in the beginning and everything. I want the same for my kids, but I want them to struggle too. I want them to deserve, you mm -hmm. know? So I have been teaching them, you know, like, okay, you want to get some money? Go mow the grass, you know? Mm -hmm. Go organize my shoes. Go clean my car, you know? So mm -hmm. to save money to buy your car. I'm not going to give you a car. Mm -hmm. Why are you going to give you a car when you, when you get your driver's license? You're the one going to uh, drive the car. So you're the one should buy, you know. So like, uh, uh, example, in Brazil, we, we always have to face competition, okay? Mm -hmm. So to get on a new school, on a, on, a, on a good school, you need to do a test. You not just have the money to pay to get on school, you know. So since the beginning, we have competition every single aspect. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we don't have a participation medal. Or do you think if you do a, a, a if you send your resume to Harvard and Harvard will feel sorry for you and it's going to send you to Oxford? No, you're done. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, that's what I believe right now. Uh, people, some people uh, it, are afraid or don't know how to deal with the challenges. Mm -hmm. It's a challenge. Jiu-jitsu, you need to learn how to deal with the frustration. You're going to get frustrated, period. Every single time on your life in jiu-jitsu, you're going to get frustrated. It's not because I'm the head instructor here. I'm the black belt. I'm able to beat up all my students. I don't get frustrated. If I change my game, if I try new guard, if I try new takedown, 
you know, like, and they're going to take me down. They're going to make me tap. So like, I'm going to get frustrated. So I need to work with that. You know, I need to have a overcome situation to like to pass to through that challenges. You know, people sometimes they just do the warm up. Oh, ah, it's too mm. hard. Yeah, mm. so of course it's too hard because you never did exercise. Okay. You, yeah. you, you try to be healthy and like, it's hard to be healthy. It's much easier to get a junk food. Yeah. It's cheaper, easier, you know, then you got a salad, grilled chicken, you know. So people don't, don't they don't accept the challenges really well. They live like in the dome. They live in a perfect, comfortable zone. Mm-hmm. Like you can see like a, a lot of, a lot of people, they they get a profession, they do the college, they get a profession, they make good money, and they pause. They mm. stop right there, you know, and just live their life day by day. Yeah. But what do you want? You know, what, what's your goal in the life? Oh, I would like to travel more, but I don't have money. Okay. Go get a master degree, go get a doctor degree, go do like go find another job. Go like find a, a home office where you can mm-hmm. travel and work from the from the like Bahamas, you know. Yeah, so like pursue your dream, you know. And of course, you need to get out of the comfortable zone, you know. So, like every single time I decide to compete, I had to drop weight, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so. Right now, example, I had to drop probably like around 40 pounds. I did it before, but it's a challenge. I uh-huh. never see it easy. It's a challenge. You know, I need to change my diet. I need to wake up earlier. I need to do like cardio three times a day. I need to do jujitsu two times a day. You know, the things I like it. I love carbohydrates. Fabio mm. is an Italian name. I love it, <laughs> you know, and I have to cut it out. I remember one time, like uh, in Brazil, we have uh, all you can eat pizza, you know, it's uh-huh. a pizza places, you know, like kind of uh, people well know the, the Brazilian churrascaria, so the barbecue places, you uh-huh. know, they bring like the, the steak, you know, they do that with pizza. It was my wife's birthday, everybody <laughs> eating pizza, I was on a salad. Uh huh, uh huh, yeah. Like, it's okay because I know it's all the way to the tournament. After the tournament, I'm going to come back to the pizza, you know. But it's a challenge. Life is a challenge. We need to live life with challenges. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Get out of your comfortable zone. And that's what I see happen even with the old people. People retire. They don't do anything. They just jogging, walking, uh, hiking a little bit with the grandkids. And stop mm. producing. Mm. Keep yeah. our mind sharp. Find challenges. Learn a new language. Learn computer. Yeah. Learn like learn something. You know, go read books. You know, like go do consulting. Like anybody above seventy have a lot to teach in us. Mm. Bad or good experience, they have a lot to teach in us. You know, so like go produce. Your life yeah. will lose like demeanor when we stop to like in my personal opinion. I'm sorry if I get wrong. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but we need to get challenged. Yeah. You know, challenge push yourselves forward. 
you know, like for me, bro, we are reading August. It looked like yesterday was January 1st. Mm -hmm. Time's flying. Why? Because I'm producing every single time. I'm challenging right. myself yeah. every single time. You know, I go hard every single time. I told you, you like my third meeting of the day. Mm -hmm. you know? I taught class, three meetings. I had a time to work out, you know, and I have to back home to cook my lunch. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's great. I love it. Yeah. So you're now in that mindset, right? Where you're go, go, go. Like, you know, like you love challenges just because you're, you know, re really accustomed uh, to that uh, lifestyle now. And really is people just need to uh, go out of their uh, comfort zone, as you said, uh, in order for them to start pursuing things like that. Because once, yeah, I, I relate very, very much to it. Because once you stop, um, your mind starts to deteriorate. Your body starts to, you know, like, oh, you're not moving your body. Your body is like, oh, yeah. So, so I guess like I'll, I won't let your body function uh, properly. And it goes back to what you, uh, what you said in, uh, earlier uh, today, which was um, hard times uh, or, you know, hard times create strong men and uh, strong men create good times and good times create weak men. Right. So the mindset that you're providing with your students and your kids is the mindset that will, in a sense, like jujitsu, you know, jujitsu is evolving. Uh, it, it, it will evolve the, um, you know, like the whole, right? Like you're doing something that is benefiting um, a lot more uh, people to go uh, really uh, forward. Awesome. So uh, that's a really, really uh, good advice. And uh, yeah, the, sto the stories that you have told so far is, uh, yeah amazing stories what has been your toughest um you've been doing you've, you've been doing competition for uh, for a long time what has been your toughest uh challenges so far lose weight lose weight <laughs> yeah definitely sure, no doubt i uh -huh. didn't even have to think about it you see yeah yeah and it's not even like the tournament itself it's just the losing you know I see. Yeah, because the tournament is just to have fun. Mm. It's to have fun. Like the tournament is, and that's a, a, another misconception people has, like uh, uh, challenges someone, right? Oh, I'm going to challenge Jay. I'm going to fight Jay. I need to be better than Jay. No, mm. man. I'm going to challenge myself. So this time I'm going to pull guard. Let's see what happens. Okay, my guard is not that good. Oh, my guard is great. I, like I, I was able to to finish everyone, to sweep everyone, you know, whatever. Next mm. tournament, I'm going to try to take everybody down. Oh, man, Jay has amazing guard. I need to play the anti-game. So I need to pull guard first. Okay. I beat him up. Now I'm going to face Jay. Let's see if I can get to his guard. You know, Jay pulls guard. Oh, man, he got my arm. Man, I need to develop my arm escape. Mm -hmm. You know, it's on me. Got it? So that's important people understand that. Sometimes like people don't get that. Like uh, I always uh, thought uh, I was training for the next competition. Mm -hmm. When is going to be the next competition? So I'm going to train it hard. You know? I, I was wrong. I was mm -hmm. wrong. I was using the competition to help me out with my training. Mm. Does it make sense, mm -hmm. the difference? Mm -hmm. You know, so like uh, uh, the competition, like it helped me out a lot. So if you ask me, 
Oh, professor, how did you win this one? How did you win that one? Um, by points? By advantage? Okay. Professor, how did you lose this one? How did you lose that one? Oh, I remember right away. Oh, uh -huh. my God, I remember right away. You know, and I don't make those mistakes again. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe sometimes it's not a mistake. Sometimes like the other guy was better and good for him. I know how to win, but also I know how to lose too, to improve myself. You know, mm -hmm. so that's that's the challenge. That's that's the biggest thing. You know what I mean? So like uh, uh, we're always training to become a better version in ourselves. That's what we're looking. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, definitely. And uh, at this point, uh, Professor, um, you've had yeah, you've had so much competition, so much experience, and you've been doing jiu-jitsu all your life. What was the most memorable moment so far since practicing Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Uh, got my black belt from Master Carlos and had a chance to, to become a student from mm. uh, Professor Draculino as well. Mm. You know, so Professor Draculino is our regional director, uh, director here in Texas. He's together with uh, Master Carlos, gave me all my stripes on my, on my black belt, you know. Mm -hmm. And I have been in Texas since uh, 2010. So since the day one, he became like a, a godfather for me, you know, and has been supporting uh -huh. and helped me out, you know, and uh, I got lucky to, to have him with me, teach me, you know, like a big honor to, to be his student, you know, as he, he promote me, you know, like uh, I'm his student and definitely like I get a black belt from uh, Master Carlos and uh, Professor Marcel. Yeah. Um you you got trained by a professor uh, Draculino. Why do you think he's such a uh, great um, great uh, teacher? Like, uh, what are the character traits that like what makes him so uh, such a great so, such a good instructor? Bro, I'll tell you something. Uh, on my life, if I become one person, what Draculino represents to people, I'll be super happy. You know. So he's, uh, um, as a student, okay, I'm going to tell you like as a student and as a friend, okay? So as a student, no one in the whole world, we don't have anyone in the world, he's no doubt is the best jiu-jitsu instructor in the world. Mm. Why? Numbers don't lie. Nobody made more champions white belt to black belt uh, than himself, okay? So if you think about it, the last, I don't know, 20 years, maybe 30 years, okay? We always had one of his students uh, on the black belt worlds on the podium. Uh-huh. You know, we like, uh, I, I, if I start to name people, you know, I, I'm not going to stop. And like, for sure, I'll forget someone. So I don't want to like give names. But I uh -huh. have a chance to train with a lot of his uh, students, a lot of the legends, you know, and they're very technical. They're like super tough. Doesn't have easy training. If they say like, oh, I'm a Draculino black belt. Oh, man, let's go to have a battle, you know, uh -huh. all of them. And as a friend, man, he's like, uh, he has a, such a great heart 
He always ready to help people no matter what. Uh, he's very honest guy, you know, like we think being honest is responsibility. Everyone should be, but it's not what happened nowadays. Mm -hmm. you know? Like in Jiu-Jitsu example, we've seen people like promote themselves. We've seen people like on the black belt, give themselves a stripe, you uh -huh. know? So give themselves like a third degree, fourth degree, you know? So uh, uh, with him and the other thing, man, he's uh, his personality itself, you know, he's like uh, his energy, you know, it's really good guy to have uh, nearby, you know, I wish being a little bit closer so I can be near him more often, but mm -hmm. I talk to him like at least once a week, I talk to him, you know, and like get a little bit of his, his thoughts and his mind. And he has, he's really has been my mentor uh, mm. inside the mat and outside the mat as well. Wow. I see. Yeah. Cause I always, um, I always uh, see a professor Giacolino and everything like jujitsu are related. I'm like, wow. Like who is this guy? Right. Because I, I've only been doing jujitsu for uh, not, not too, uh, not too long, but uh, when I was ever since I started, uh, I always uh, heard of him. So it's uh, crazy that, you know, like you've been trained by him, you've been mentored uh, by him. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to know a little bit more about the, the legend. <laughs> so um, right now, um, there's people listening to this, and, you know, maybe they're driving by, you know, GB Cedar Park and uh, things like that. And they, they're thinking about like coming into, you know, to join, but they're, you know, they don't know. Uh, so what would you, what would your advice be to someone who's thinking about doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Man, it's a life changing. You know, it's a life changing. Anything, any single aspect on your life will change for a better way. We just use jujitsu as a tool to change your life to help you out to reach your goal. You know, you want to get in good shape, we can help you out. You want to develop like a better self esteem, we can help you out. Like discipline, we can help you out. You know, like confidence. Many times, like people don't understand that, but I'm gonna give you like a simple example. Okay, my son, he's uh, he just turned 11. Okay, skinny like me, light like me, you know, he's just a little bit tall, and he's training with the kids like older, heavier, you know, like uh, uh, visually, it's a big challenge, but mm. he can handle. He 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 does. He have fun with that. You know, he, he accepts the challenge. So helps with his self-esteem. You know, like in jiu-jitsu, the, the, the lighter can be the heavier. The weaker mm. can be stronger, you know. So if you're capable to doing that, like visually, is the first challenge you're going you're gonna to see in jiu-jitsu. Because jiu-jitsu, to, to see like the true benefits it's a long-term commitment. It's a life commitment to have what we call the jiu-jitsu lifestyle. You know, when you eat well, when you work out, you don't miss your workouts, you know, like people make jokes, but you don't miss the leg day, you know. Uh, you don't miss your training. You, you Like you train every single day. I train with every single day with my students, you know. And like uh, uh, white to black belts, I train with them. I don't hide myself behind my belt. Or behind the desk or any or my position or whatever you know and like uh, uh is the challenge you know whatever is your challenge we can help you out to achieve mm -hmm. that you know you need to get a better job 
the discipline you're looking for, you find in jujitsu. You know, you need to ask your boss for a raise. Jiu-jitsu will, will help you out. <laughs> good self-esteem. So ask for a raise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. So now, you know, like they, they heard it. They uh, come in. They're signing up. Uh, and again, right, 90% of white belts quit. So what is your advice to new white belts? Everything will happen to you happens to me before. So I have been on the same path. And don't think it's a cliche because it's not. Every excuse you come to bring to me, I thought about the excuse before. I heard the excuse before. Mm -hmm. So is your schedule. Between both of my schools, we have 100 classes a week. So it's not a schedule. You know, uh, it's like uh, money. So it's not money because you get your Starbucks every single day. And that's one of the most, most expensive liquid in the world is the Starbucks coffee. You know, mm -hmm. so like, what's your excuse? You know, what's the excuse? Oh, you're overweight. You need to like lose your weight before coming to jujitsu. Do jujitsu. You're going to lose weight faster than you're expecting. You have injury. Many people in jujitsu, like we have right now the power jujitsu. So the people without legs, without arms, you know, doing jujitsu. You want to see worse injury than that? You complain about your elbow. You complain about your knee. How's about the people who doesn't have the legs? Mm -hmm. You know? So, like, what's the excuse? In excuse, people think about it. We can overcome. Wow. Professor, uh, Professor Rabio, thank you so much for uh, coming in uh, today. And lastly here, you know, people are going to want to come into, uh, come into uh, your um, facilities now. Where can they find you? So, we have two schools. We have Gracie Baja Cedar Park. It's uh, 500 Cypress Creek Road. Uh, in Cedar Park, Texas, and we have Gracie Baja Round Rock. It's a 105 East Old Sellers Boulevard. Okay, so we have like the as like every GB school, we have the websites gbcedarpark.com or gbroundrock.com. Awesome, Rose Fabio. It's been a pleasure uh, interviewing you. You have such uh, great stories to tell, and I learned a lot myself. I'm very pumped up to get to my class later tonight. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so all right, guys, uh, that wraps up podcast number seven. If you enjoyed this podcast, inspired you to keep training or start training, make sure you like, share, and subscribe so that you don't miss out on more stories of individuals who do jujitsu. Thank you again, Professor. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. I really appreciate your time. All right, guys, we'll see you on the mats. See ya. Take care, take care, guys. Bye-bye.